welcome back to the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute. Welcome back, one and all. This is the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute, uh, also hosted on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. I'm Ryan Aris, and uh, I am here with good friends, uh, Joe Boot, Mike Thiessen, and Nate Wright. Before we begin uh, today's show, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, first of all, the uh, Worldview Leadership Academy Early Bird Registration is coming to a close at the end of January. So you're going to uh, want to get in there soon, uh, save a few bucks on your registration. Those, uh, those applications are coming in, so don't, don't be disappointed. Sign up for either the Canadian or the American uh, uh, course of, uh, of the Worldview Leadership Academy that's coming up this summer. And uh, we will look forward to, uh, to having you there with us. Uh, another quick, uh, quick announcement. In March, Joe Boot is going to be in Taylor, Texas uh, for the Right Response Ministries Conference. Uh, that's uh, hosted by, uh, by Joel Webin and Right Response Ministries. Uh, Joe will be there, Douglas Wilson, uh, the others I'm blanking on right now, but uh, I hope I've given you enough right there to pique your interest uh, with, uh, with Joel and Joe and, uh, and Doug. So we'll be uh, we'll be excited to be there in uh, in March, March first to third. Visit Right Response Ministries to uh, to get tickets and find out uh, more information about that. So uh, so here we are. As I uh, as I mentioned, uh, we've got uh, got this ensemble cast of uh, a, a good panel today with Joe, uh, and with Mike, uh, and with Nate, and. Nate, uh, for uh, for today's episode, I'm going to turn over the balance of the uh, the hosting responsibilities over to you. So uh, please uh, please carry on. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have uh, this crew, and uh, it's uh, it's great to be uh, here back New Year after a, a New Year's episode, kind of getting back into a new ministry year. And uh, what we kind of wanted this episode to actually be about was, uh, was letting our listeners know who've been used to listening to the voices of Ryan and Joe for uh, many, many months, years, um, that uh, there's going to be a shift, a shift coming uh, for us at Ezra, a shift coming uh, here on the podcast, and a mm-hmm. shift coming for uh, Ryan and his family. So um, Ryan, uh, let us know uh, what's going on in your life and uh, the new exciting news that you have to share with all the listeners. Yeah, thank you, Nate. Uh, this uh, this is a uh, a bit of a, a bittersweet kind of uh, situation uh, occasion, but uh, coming up uh, this uh, at the end of this winter, uh, I will be stepping away from my role uh, with the Ezra Institute, uh, and that's uh, that's so that I can lead a a new classical Christian school uh, here in the Niagara region. Uh, this is something that uh, that's been in in development the school itself is something that's been in development for uh, close to a year now and it was only recently that uh, that I was uh, I was asked to uh, to step into this role and there's a uh, yeah there are many uh, many feelings many emotions many uh, many reasons for it but uh, where where shall I begin? I guess uh, I guess I have Joe to thank initially for uh, introducing us, uh, my wife and I, to classical Christian education back twelve years ago uh, when our uh, 
when our children were were very very young before they were school aged uh, and uh, we we got the uh, the vision for for this type of education for the the cultural uh, power and uh, significance of education and that that has been something that's uh, that's been very close to uh, to our heart very much part of uh, our our family identity uh, ever since so this is uh, this is really Joe's fault in many ways, and I'm uh, I'm very grateful to him for that. And Joe, but, it must uh, but be, yes, uh, uh, Joe, it must be uh, really uh, kind of bittersweet for you. Obviously, uh, Ryan and you started Ezra in a, a, a broom closet, as the uh, as the legend goes. Uh, but sort of watching uh, one of your <laughs> your first pupils kind of uh, step into all that uh, Ezra has sort of taught him to do. Uh, so I'll kind of give it to you for a little bit, Joe, and just kind of talk about this transition and how well suited uh, Ryan really is for this. As, as hard as it's going to be for us to see him leave the organization officially, um, watching him step into something that we think he's so well suited for is, uh, is, a, is a great joy. And I, I know it brings uh, uh, joy uh, to you in particular. So I'll pass it over to you to kind of talk about that a little. Yes, I think Ryan has summarized it quite well, really. It's a, it's a bittersweet moment for us uh, as, a, as a ministry. You know, there, as uh, Ryan and I have often talked about on, our, on, on the podcast for Cultural Reformation, there's two really important principles uh, concerning the kingdom of God, concerning all life, really, and they are constancy and change. Constancy and change. And um, nothing in life ever completely stands still. Uh, and so, you know, life uh, brings with it these uh, these moments, and um, and and they're often uh, a challenge to to navigate. The constancy here is that uh, Ryan, uh, really, from the very early days of the institute. I mean, the institute was founded in two thousand and nine. It was around, I think, early two thousand and eleven. I think it's pushing twelve years now. Um, That's that right. Ryan. Yeah, that Ryan's been working with me, and um, and the legend is true. It really was literally a a, a broom cupboard at uh, the first location of uh, Westminster Chapel in Toronto, uh, where all of this began, um, and then to a, a a slightly bigger but not much bigger room um, on a part time basis in in the second location of Westminster Chapel when when we uh, relocated. And so for all of that time, Ryan's been journeying with the Ezra Institute, but also, um, you know, our families have journeyed uh, together in different ways. His children are a lot younger than mine, so a different stage of life. But uh, as he said, when uh, we started the Westminster Classical Christian Academy, which actually in, in May celebrates its 10th anniversary and then of course the, mm. the the 18 months two years that were building up to the launch of that school which by god's grace helped to uh trigger a classical christian school movement in ontario um ryan was involved in those conversations and part of that and of course as the director of content and publishing um for um the the last few years uh, there was no such grandiose title in the early days it was he's always had an element of chief cook and bottle washer um 
for the organization because he's had to wear so many different hats um, within a small organization. But primarily responsibility uh, for, for Ryan has always been editorial, um, content development, uh, publishing, responsibility for uh, the Jubilee Journal and, uh, and, and, and management really of, of Ezra's content. And so as an organization, you know, we, we are, um, there's a, we, we like to think there's a, there's a Corvette in the garage. Um, but, um, the, the, the it, well, it's really a barn. It looks like a sort of ramshackled little barn, uh, sort of isolated and lonely, but we do like to think that in that barn, um, there is a Corvette, um, maybe under a nice dust cover, um, but that, uh, and so we, as a small organization, we've, um, carried a fairly large stick. I mean, if uh, the CBC is to be believed, um, mm. uh, you know, we are the, the think tank of the Christian right in, um, in, uh, Canada. Uh, that's so, you know, <laughs> so that's, uh, Ryan's been central to all of that, um, for a long time. And, uh, and so, the the bittersweet here is that uh, we've we've journeyed as a ministry with Ryan and and uh, as friends uh, in the organization for a long time through all these different phases of the ministry over the past uh, twelve years, and um, and now in a certain sense, Ryan gets to utilize everything that he's learned, uh, helped to and and helped to develop all the content he's taken in. Um, all the editorial of all of these books and articles and stuff over the years the, of the journal, his interaction with our fellows around the world, even sometimes going on location to film um, some of our fellows in, in Europe. Um, he's had a, a rich and diverse experience of reformational content and thinking about the nature of, of worldview education. Uh, that has been um, very much his ministry uh, over these uh, these past years, and so there is, as you said, Nate, a very natural. Um, I hate the word evolution, so I'm, I'm not going to use it. A very natural development um, uh, for for Ryan at this point, where as he um, uh, reaches this stage in his life, and his children reach a certain point in their lives as well, and their education to be approached with this opportunity to lead a small uh, fledgling classical Christian school in Southern Ontario uh, in one respect is exactly the fulfillment of what we have always hoped uh, that people engaged with Ezra. This is the kind of things that they will do. Our alumni, our, our team um, that uh, through extended exposure, they'll become cultural leaders and uh, Ryan has been doing uh, that through his editorial work. But here he's got a real concrete opportunity now to shape the minds and hearts of young lives and families in, in southern Ontario through the leadership of a, of a classical Christian school. And that really is um, a, a manifestation, a manifestation of the very thing that the Ezra Institute exists to accomplish. So that's the bittersweet. We, we, you know, Ryan is like a, a piece of furniture in the front room for Ezra. He's been there such a long time that sometimes you take that piece of furniture for granted. Sometimes you don't even always notice it's there because um, it's so familiar to you um, until suddenly it's gone. It's like my wife just after Christmas um, uh, wanted to ring in a couple of changes in changes in our house here and moved this very familiar chair in our family room down to the hallway 
um, by the um, by the bay window. And I said to her, the other day, I said, what, where's the chair gone? She said, well, I didn't like it there anymore. It's gone downstairs. Well, I hadn't really ever really noticed that chair until it was moved. Well, we, of course, have noticed, Ryan. But suddenly you notice the gap when something very familiar and very dependable uh, is moved. And uh, and so that's the that's the hard part of this for, for us as a ministry is that a very important uh, uh, and significant piece of furniture that is familiar to everyone has moved and people will notice the gap. And so it gives me an opportunity on this show to express my sincere thanks to Ryan uh, for his fabulous service to the Ezra Institute over many years and uh, for his long friendship, which uh, will continue. Um, This isn't the entire end of, of Ryan's involvement with Ezra, um, uh, he will be uh, quietly in the background, uh, continuing some editorial assignments with us as time permits, and um, and of course we'll be seeing plenty of him as he develops the school in Southern Ontario. Um, but this mm-hmm. is a great great opportunity today just to be able to publicly express our thanks for uh, the fantastic work that he's done, including his editorial of my magnum opus, um, The Mission of God, which. Uh, we worked on for many, actually quite pleasurable hours on the deck of my house, um, two houses mm-hmm. actually. I think because the project was yep. so long. Um, yeah, you worked the, uh, house how- move into that uh, that process. <laughs> that's, that's right. I remember us doing uh, doing editorial on on that book um, together, uh, both in my East Toronto home and then in my West Toronto home. So it was a, over a, a significant period of of time. And really, all the significant output that Ezra has had over the past 12 years has had um, somewhere along the line Ryan's fingerprints on it. And for that, we're we're truly grateful. So he'll be sorely missed, but um, it's not the end of his association with us. And we'll be we'll be looking out for him, praying for him, praying for the school, praying for his ministry um, and um, utilizing his uh, his gifts um, as as his time permits. You know, as uh, Joe, as you were reflecting on all of the work that Ryan has done for the ministry, and of course, you you mentioned that editorial work and how how significant and valuable he is as an editor. So many people read the thoughts that you're putting to paper that Ryan has carefully gone and edited, and so many people appreciate the clear uh, articulation of thought that uh, is produced by the written materials of the Ezra Institute. And, and the other word, Ryan, I, I, I was thinking about was uh, stalwart. You know, y- you are loyal, you're, you are reliable, you are hardworking. And um, it's, it's been a pleasure as a fellow of the, uh, of the Ezra Institute to just walk, uh, walk alongside of you and watch all of the ways that you have often uh, put uh, the needs of the Institute at times ahead of your own. And, and you've also just really served faithfully. So just wanted to say cheers to you, Ryan, and, and glad to be on this show with everybody. I was particularly, um, excited not to be introduced after Cromwell today. For those of you who have been long <laughs> listeners, Ryan has the habit of making sure that Joe's dog gets welcomed on the show prior to me being welcomed on the show when I'm a guest. 
and we, uh, Ryan, I we just were content to, to, uh, to let that go. You didn't need to bring like that a dog, up, like, like Cromwell with a bone, like Cromwell with a bone. So anyways, Ryan, really seriously, great work. And uh, whenever you've given biographical or historical sketches on the podcast, it's been some of your most powerful moments where people really grasp the history. And so, you know, good job. And uh, we're praying for you on this new endeavor. Well, I really appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, Thanks very much. Those are uh, honoring and humbling uh, words. And yeah, Nate, I'll put put it back to you in just a sec. But I was uh, thinking as uh, as Joe was talking, and as I was thinking about this whole this whole season, again the uh, the Ezra Institute's mission uh, to inform faith and reform culture, uh, we have always uh, always acknowledged and uh, and often emphasized the importance of the the realm of education, uh, this this inescapable concept. And been exhorting mm-hmm. people to uh, to be active and present in re- the reformation of this sphere. So all uh, when all is said and done, there's a sense of you know mission accomplished. This is mm-hmm. uh, this is what uh, mm-hmm. what we're trying to uh, to encourage others to do as well. So anyway, just uh, just wanted to uh, get that in there as well. Yeah. The one other, on a slightly night, lighter note, uh, uh, things that um, uh, I will certainly miss is I'm not quite sure now who I can trade st- both Star Trek and Dumber Dumber Dumb and Dumber remarks with, um, with somebody who knows the script even half as well. So yeah, uh, <laughs> so. yeah you're. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge hole. It's a. It's... <laughs> well, I'll uh, yeah. I'll still be around if uh, if you're ever yeah. ever hurt hurting for a guest, we can uh, we can do that. We'll bring up. you on I'll, for I'll sure. Yeah, just uh, we, we know what movie is going to be on take, the agenda for reunion nights. That way, that's right. Yeah, if if you can if you can break yourself off from your vacation in Aspen, um, we'll get you back on the show. California, beautiful. <laughs> it's the principal's life for you now, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm gonna have to uh, have to disavow all all knowledge of that. <laughs> I'll take that to the grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and it is it is interesting. I, I was thinking about uh, even just the the first uh, kind of interactions that we had, Ryan. That uh, the first time I think we ever interacted, uh, I, I think I had had Joe maybe on a, a podcast on the Rebel Podcast back in the day, a little bit before that. But my first first interaction with you was uh, we spoke together at a conference at uh, I think it was called North Point, North something. Um, the uh, that church yes, in Kitchener, yeah, that, North uh, North that Side, Trinity, uh, something like North that. Side. That's right. And right. We were at a we were at a conference together, and you spoke on on the importance of Christian education. And I remember uh, kind of hearing your passion for it, and I think it's very very fitting that that's the realm that you're now stepping into. Um, and the truth is, I was I was actually just reflecting on this yeah. for our kind of state of the church address this past week. Um, thinking through the the responsibility that all Christians and all churches have in the uh, uh, the work of reformation, and I was sort of reflecting on uh, the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, likely one one book. Um, we've split into two, and uh, there's kind of three 
three protagonists or three heroes, um, you know, in that story arc, you have Zerubbabel who goes back and, and uh, rebuilds the temple and sort of reforms worship. And then you have Ezra who goes back and he reestablishes the law of God and, and establishes the covenant community. And then you have, of course, Nehemiah who comes in and builds the walls, rebuilds the city and the society. And it sort of reminds us that God's work of reformation kind of often comes in these three parts. You know, you reform worship, you get worship of the triune God mm. right. And then you, you have God's law established in the hearts and minds of the community. And then as God's law transforms that community, they're ready to take on the task of cultural reformation around. And, uh, and so I, I just think about your passion, Ryan, for local reformation. And one of the things that, uh, that has sort of um, uh, motivated you to take this step is, is wanting to be more locally involved. Uh, obviously, Ezra is, is uh, um, into the UK and, and America now and, and uh, kind of trying to um, <clears throat> figure out what that broad audience looks like. And uh, you really having the heart for local reformation in your sphere. And so I thought that uh, it might be worthwhile. Um, there might be some listeners who started listening to the Ezra Institute uh, podcast for cultural reformation not that long ago. I might not even have thought through why, why it's called the Ezra Institute. And uh, it really kind of comes back to this mm -hmm. idea of readying the hearts and minds of the people for reformation. So I thought, uh, Joe, you could maybe even just talk a little bit about uh, where the name Ezra Institute came from um, as we're talking about just how Ryan is sort of the poster boy for uh, taking the very, the very thing that Ezra is trying to do and going about doing it in his own sphere with his own family and his own neighborhood. So, uh, so where did the name come from and, mm -hmm. uh, and um, how does it relate to everything that we've been talking about? Yeah, it's a good place to start the new year in many respects to to to, yeah. to think about that again on our on our podcast. It's always good to go back to basics and repetition um, is uh, important uh, in teaching. Of course, repetition is important, and um, sometimes it's easy if you've sort of got something nailed down somewhat in your own life uh, to think that. Um, as you address new people, oh, well, that's obvious. Well, no, no, it isn't, not necessarily. The, the repetition is is vital. So Ezra was the, when I was reflecting on the, the, the launch of uh, an institute for um, Christian worldview and Christian thinking uh, that would uh, be concerned with, with culture, with, with transformation, in other words, with the uh, with the movement not just inward in terms of inward transformation, but the movement outward, and they should always be correlated to one another. That the deeper mm -hmm. uh, we go inward in our relationship with Christ, the deeper our walk with the Lord, the more profound our the inwardness, then the more consistent, the more um, coherent should be the outward expression. In many respects, I sometimes talk about. To Ezra, the Ezra Institute, merely as um, the the lived Christian life. It, it's existential living, if you will. It's what what is the existential Christian life? Not existentialism, but, but what is the existential Christian life? What does it mean to be a Christian? And and that, of course, is what every Christian has to grapple with. 
those who profess the faith have to grapple with. What does it mean to live the Christian life? And as a faithful man of God like Ezra, the scribe, the scholar, um, as we encounter him in the scriptures, here was a man concerned with the word of God and its application. What did it mean to live in terms of the word of God? So as I was casting about for a name for uh, an institute that would be concerned with the law word of God, with his total law word for our lives, I thought about and reflected on the life and ministry of Ezra, who who sought, the scripture says, to um, uh, know God's law uh, and to do it, uh, not just to be a hearer, but a doer and to teach it. And let's remember that the Lord Jesus said that those who are great in the kingdom of heaven, so he's not referring to some past era or past dispensation, uh, those who are great in the kingdom of heaven are those who are ready to and willing to both teach and live out God's commandments. That's what Christian faithfulness looks like. And so when I was thinking about uh, the organization, what it would be called right back there in 2008, thought about the life of Ezra and the way he called the people who claimed to be the people of God, remember. This, these were the Israelites. These were the Hebrews who claimed to be the covenant people. And he saw them in the grip of syncretism. He saw them trying to bring together, to blend into a kind of um, hodgepodge, a sort of potpourri of religious ideas, the paganism that was all around them and the word of God. And so he went to the people. He um, uh, recovered the, the law of God and he began to teach it. He began to read it aloud. And the impact of that calling of God's people away from their idolatry, away from their syncretism, and that's the key word, I think, is that uh, the issue wasn't that the people were totally disavowing their allegiance to the God of Israel, is that they thought they could blend the God of Israel with the ideals and the idols of the pagan nations around them. They thought they could bring pagan worldviews into God's temple. They thought that Belial and uh, the living God could be bedfellows. Um, And so this was their critical mistake. And so the uh, prophet, uh, the, the scholar Ezra, calls them back to the law of God, reads the law of God, they weep aloud, and uh, they turn from there because of the impact of God's law on their lives. They they turn from their idolatry. They take concrete steps then to move away from their idolatry. And some of those steps were painful, difficult. They they had to send away pagan wives who were drawing them away to to false worship. Um, and that meant you mentioned Nehemiah, Nate. That meant that when Nehemiah, who usually gets preached on, you know, he's the guy that usually gets the glory, right? When there's when a pastor is thinking about, you know, stirring up his people to to build the new gym, um, uh, often not a new Christian school, just to stick a new gymnasium for the youth on the side of this sort of uh, aircraft hangar looking building, um, you know, Nehemiah gets preached on. You know, who's up for rebuilding? Of course, that misses the point, but the the reason that Nehemiah could go about the project of rebuilding the walls with the volunteers who had the the sword, symbol of the word of God, and the trowel in hand, so that with the word of God and active uh, an active faith, 
Um, they they built they rebuilt the walls. The reason that Nehemiah had volunteers was only because Ezra had done the work of calling people away from their syncretism back to the the law word of God. And so, as I thought about the founding of the Ezra Institute, I thought this is surely what we need in our time. We need to return with all our hearts to the word of God, to the commands of God, to remember the Lord, to repent of the syncretism that has characterized much of the Western church for 150 years, uh, and to recognize that in many respects, we've brought these judgments upon ourselves. And then for people, then for God's people to turn back to the Lord and be ready then to volunteer for the rebuilding project, which is all around us, the rebuilding of education, of law, of politics, of the arts, of the sciences, of Christians going into every area of life, every sphere of life, uh, <clears throat> not imprisoned in the ecclesia, but in every sphere of life, going in as existential believers whose internal piety uh, is reflected in their external living, in the application of their faith to every area of life. And that really is the vision of Ezra. And as you say, Nate, um, Ryan very much embodies that. Uh, not just an armchair scholar, uh, armchair editor, uh, but somebody who's now moving into the establishment of um, a Christian school, sword and trowel in hand. Joe, on that on that thought, as you're talking about Ezra the prophet, so Ezra 7, 8 says, Ezra arrived in Jerusalem on the fifth month of the seventh year of the king. He had begun his journey from Babylon on the first day of the first month, and he arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month, for the gracious hand of God was on him, for Ezra had devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and the teaching of its decrees and laws in Israel. And as you were giving that metaphor about the school and the gymnasium, and I think that's appropriate for what Ryan's going to do, it's like Nehemiah is so focused and that it, it was a it was a physical rebuilding of the of the city of Jerusalem. But the cultural building, the cultural reformation and transformation came when Ezra devoted himself to teaching the law of God and then uh, compelling the people later on in the book of Ezra to take a covenant to say, we will walk in, in the law of the Lord. And of course, that word reformational, ref reform, transformation is so key to uh, the Ezra Institute. That's why we're called the podcast for cultural reformation. Um, and it it also, you know, Nate, you brought this conversation up, kind of thinking out of Ezra and and Joe, the name of Ezra. But we we've seen this before in Scripture when Josiah uh, found the, the book of the law was found and given to a young king Josiah, and he took to heart the 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 law of the Lord and and the law of God. Joe, I wanted to ask you, you use a, a phrase quite often. You use a phrase called law word. And um, can you unpack why you describe the whole counsel of God, like the scriptures as law word? Mm -hmm. Because I think people get confused here. They always think Old Testament law, bad, uh, new Jesus, good. Of course, we're trying to overcome that with saying, you need to embrace the entire the, the, the entirety of scripture, the whole counsel of God. 
Um, but you use that phrase quite interchangeably, law word. Uh, you want to uh, just expound on that for a minute? Yeah, very quickly. The the reason that um, I use that expression is that we have a tendency when somebody refers to God's law to think merely of the Ten Commandments. We think solely of the Decalogue. And uh, as you say, Michael, that can sometimes lead to people thinking that, well, this is no longer the Mosaic era, um, and uh, we start to develop our theologies of how to get around um, the law of God, well, that's Old Testament or whatever it may be. Uh, of course, as a ministry, we've addressed all of those challenges and all of those issues for a very long time. But the the point actually is that every word of God is a law word. When you open up the book of Genesis and God says, let there be, that's a law word. He's establishing his law for creation. And when God speaks, his word is law. Man has, of course, tried to imitate that. You think of the the law of the Medes and the Persians, and you remember when uh, I think it was Darius, um, uh, uh, you know, developed the advice of his counselors in the attempt to trap Daniel, the the counselors who wanted to trap uh, Daniel, um, and the the law of the Medes and the Persians was irrevocable. So the king couldn't change his mind when he realized that it was a ruse to merely uh, get Daniel executed. Um, so human beings have tried to imitate the whole idea of, of an irrevocable law word, but Jesus himself said uh, that um, not one jot, not one punctuation mark is going to pass from the law till everything is accomplished. And um, when God speaks, his word is law. When Jesus speaks and teaches, um, he's not merely um, giving us a bit of friendly advice. He's not Socrates. Uh, he, when he speaks, he speaks with the very authority of God himself. And um, we're commanded even to obey the gospel of God. The apostle Paul tells us so, that we are to be obedient to the gospel of God. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And of course, love itself, Paul tells us in Romans 13, love is the fulfillment of the law. So there's no conflict between saying, God's word is love and God's word is law. So uh, to, to, to move people away from sort of imprisoning the idea of God's law into 10 words, uh, ten, the, the, the 10 commandments, um, it's healthy for us to recognize and see that every word of God is a law word. Um, and uh, it, it carries the absolute authority of uh, the binding authority of God himself. And I think that, that that helps us begin to recognize that um, law is not a nasty word. It's not a bad word. It's not one of those words we should be trying to get away from and get around. Um, rather, you know, we can sing with the psalmist, how I love your law and on it I meditate day and night. I think if we can, if we can get to a position in our hearts where we love the law in such a way that um, we could write the, the longest chapter in scripture is a song about the law of God um, and its goodness uh, and its beauty and its significance and its wisdom. We need to learn something from that. So that's where that kind of expression, um, that's why it's important. Um, that's great. 
As we think about uh, just uh, this this episode, I'm I'm primarily a preacher, and so I always have to end with some application. And so, if any of our listeners are sitting there thinking, "What do I do with an episode like this?" It's good to have the information that things are changing, and we'll talk about what that looks like in just a moment. But um, in terms of application, the first thing I would say is that um, one of the things I commend Ryan for is just uh, recognizing, and I think we all always have to be attentive to the, the work of the Spirit in our lives uh, to ask ourselves these questions is, where is it that God would place me now? And um, sometimes it's comfortable to stay where we are. Sometimes it's comfortable to uh, stay with what's familiar. Um, but here's Ryan. After uh, many years, uh, some of them in the broom closet. I won't say Ryan's been in the closet for uh, a while. He came out of there a long time ago, but uh, <laughs> um, no longer in the broom closet. But, uh, you know, here's Ryan venturing out into uh, a new uh, phase and a new area. So the first point of application for any of our listeners would be, you know, where is God calling you right now? Is there a place where you can utilize your gifts to be more faithful within the sphere that God has placed you. And as Joe just talked about God's law word, um, is, uh, is there an area where you can apply the law of God more faithfully to the world around you? Because God's placed each and every one of us in a sphere. And the question always ought to be not just where do I want to be, but where does God have me right now? And where can I make the greatest impact within the sphere that he's placed me? Second sort of point of application just very fitting that Ryan's going into education. And I think one of the things that if I if I kind of summed up maybe outside of God's law and, and the affection that we've all had for that and talked through um, just what Joe said, that in the evangelical North American church, it seems to be such a bad word. And yet in scripture, it's such a beautiful word. Outside of talking about God's law, probably the the, the topic that the four of us have talked most about is Christian education. And, uh, and so maybe second point of application as Ryan is venturing into a classical school endeavor is uh, to remind any of our listeners that one of the first and, and most important things that you can do to be faithful with what God's done for you right now is get your kids out of public education and educate them Christianly. Because uh, as Joe was That's just right. saying, the syncretism in the culture around us is, uh, is sort of like what was going on in Ezra's day on steroids, on 2,000 years worth of steroids. And, uh, and so get your kids out of the public system and educate them in the law and the word of God. Amen? Amen. 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 And as you said, Nate, as you said, the, our conversation about the law has both been uh, something that we've talked a lot about, but, but within evangelicalism, it can be a bad word. You know, it's the same type of heat that you're talking about when you're talking about education. It's a very contentious point because it's so transformative. And if you put if you put all of your eggs in the public uh, public school basket, then you're 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 pot committed to the public school, whether or not you can follow Christ in government schools. And, and so you've got to change your, you've got to change your view and thinking on education itself in, and, and that, that causes a lot of rifts. Joe, we've talked about how many times your Christian education has been the thing that's, that's been brought problems into your life because people just don't want to talk about it. And so Ryan, uh, good for you for creating an opportunity for many people in your area to now have another alternative to the toxic 
uh, out of the closet uh, government schools in your area. Which, by the way, I can't believe we just. I can't believe we just announced that Ryan came out of the closet and then escaped <laughs> over that so quickly. Ryan's far more gracious Freezing than you would have been, Michael. Right, lightly along <laughs> with a uh, with a hearty laugh there, Michael. Um, yeah, and uh, just uh, just briefly as as we uh, continue, we're to follow up Nate's Nate's point about uh, application. Uh, if, if a couple of words of, of my own testimony here on this front would uh, would be an encouragement to uh, to others I'll, uh, I'll offer it here that we we were not we were not looking uh, for a change or actually rather we were uh, when when everyone was kind of scrambling around in the uh, the early days of lockdowns and everything like that we were we were likewise casting all about thinking what uh, what's the best thing to do uh, for for our family, you know, do we, uh, do we move to the United States? Do we, do we move to Europe? Do we move to North Ontario and you know, live in an underground bunker? Um, all, all of these things, uh, you know, without any exaggeration, passed, uh, passed across our minds. And we, uh, we investigated some of them more seriously than others. And we uh, the the more that we prayed, the more that we we looked at it, uh, we felt no peace about leaving. Uh, and at the same time, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, my wife and I have been been involved uh, and uh, invested in Christian education for many years. And uh, in in God's grace, we've been able to uh, to help to uh, to equip and train a lot of other uh, parents from uh, from our church and from our our local area here. So we, a lot, a lot of people were, uh, were coming to us. Everyone's dealing with what's, uh, what's going on in the, if these emergency orders, what's going on now that, uh, you know, I, I suddenly had to take my kids out of public school. Uh, how, how do we do this? Uh, so we were, uh, we were in a, in a position to give some, some advice and counsel on something that we had, we had, we had real, uh, experience, uh, with uh, with dealing with and as we uh, as we talked as we prayed as we planned we realized that uh, as you said this uh, the the local area where we've been placed uh, is significant we are uh, until until the lord has called us to go somewhere uh, he's called us to be where we are and you know the, the lord calls people to go all over the place but uh, but in our situation it was uh, it became very clear that he called us to be uh, here in in the Niagara region. So that uh, that's what uh, that's what we have been uh, experiencing. That uh, that's the the route that we took to uh, to get to this place. Uh, there is as uh, as I hope is coming through clearly on uh, on this conversation. There is great fellowship between uh, between myself and. Joe, Nate, Mike, the the Ezra team, very grateful for, and will continue to uh, you know, to support and encourage the the ministry of the institute. But uh, again, this is uh, the call the call to uh, to be faithful looks looks like this uh, in uh, in this uh, in this context. So c- consider that. Consider whether uh, whether and how. Uh, God is calling you to be faithful and whether that looks different than it might have done last year. Um, so two I'll, questions I'll, I'll that might there. be on, 
two questions that might be on people's minds uh, is uh, number one, Ryan, uh, what's the name of the school that you're going to and uh, how can people, particularly mm -hmm. a lot of the Ezra supporters and listeners in the Niagara region, um, how can they get some information on how to support this project, perhaps how to be a part of this project? Um, give us a name and where to go. Yeah, thank you, Nate. Uh, so it's uh, it's Niagara Classical Academy, and and we chose that name because we wanted to be bounded to a place, uh, to a geographic location. We wanted to show that we are uh, here for for the Niagara region. Uh, but uh, yeah, Niagara Classical Academy is the name of the school. NiagaraClassical.com is the uh, is the website, and we are uh, you can reach us at info at niagaraclassical.com. And uh, for, for those of you uh, who are interested in, uh, in investing, uh, you can also uh, reach out uh, and, and transfer, transfer investment money at uh, give, give at niagaraclassical.com. We will also, for those of you in uh, Southern Ontario, Niagara region, uh, we're hosting a, uh, an information session uh, coming up January 20th. Uh, that's happening at the uh, at 76 Ridge Road, the uh, the Ezra Institute Study Center. Uh, so we'll be uh, we'll be there January 20th. Again, you can uh, you can get the uh, the information on our website and sign up for uh, for further information and uh, get on our email list there. Thanks, Ryan. Um, likely the second question that some of the listeners have is, um, where do we go from here? Uh, Ryan's voice has been a staple. His uh, smooth and, mm -hmm. and soothing voice has been uh, the sort of the voice of the Ezra podcast for so long. So what on earth is happening after this? Some might say sexy. <laughs> some might. Some might. No one but would have I said that. I didn't know that. if I'd get us past <laughs> our censors. <laughs> um. So uh, first of all, that, yeah, this is one of the reasons why Michael and I got invited into this call. Um, it's going to take two sets of uh, shoes to, uh, or two sets of feet to fill Ryan's big shoes. And so um, what's going to go on from here is, uh, is uh, Joe is going to continue to be the staple voice of the podcast for Cultural Reformation. Um, some of your listeners might know or already be listening to uh, the podcast that, uh, that I do that's also now associated with the Ezra Institute. It's the uh, Rebel Podcast for Cultural Engagement, um, and I'll continue to host that, but I'll be coming on to the podcast for Cultural Reformation to share hosting duties with Mike. So it'll likely be back and forth a little bit, but, uh, but we might uh, take little bits of run depending on schedules and that sort of thing, but it'll be me or Michael. Uh, alongside uh, Dr. Joe Boot. So his voice will be the staple and uh, we'll continue to pick his brain on what cultural reformation looks like in, uh, in the uh, cultural landscape. And, uh, and hopefully between Michael and I, we can uh, try to keep up with the Dumb and Dumber quotes and uh, I'll have to brush up on my <laughs> Star Trek uh, knowledge a little bit. I'm more of a Star Wars guy, but uh, hopefully Michael can pick up the slack. I was literally going to say the same thing. Like you and I... I I don't think I've ever seen a single Star Wars, uh, Star Trek movie. So I think you and I've got so much work to do. Dumb and Dumber is fine. That's a, that's Joe, a happy. Joe, why is this guy project. even here? 
<laughs> no, with no Star Trek experience. D Sky. <laughs> this guy. D Sky. <laughs> it actually works quite well for Joe because he makes the, the, the statement and then I just nod and smile and it, it always lands and I don't take away from any of the glory of the quote. There you go. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so. Uh, just Nailed to kind it. of wrap up this uh, this episode, uh, we uh, we're so thankful for all the work that you've done, Ryan. Uh, you've been truly a blessing to uh, to uh, all three of us in terms of just our our personal and professional lives. Uh, thanks for uh, everything you've done. Uh, I pray that uh, all of our listeners will be praying for your new endeavor, for your family, for the transition. And uh, for our listeners, uh, you can uh, be sure to tune in next week. And uh, we might not have as soothing or sexy voices um, uh, leading the way, uh, but we still have, uh, we'll still have lots of cultural reformation to talk about. So, Ryan, why don't you sign us off uh, sort of for the last time on the podcast in the way that you have for so many years? Well, thank you, Nate. Uh... It is uh, it is a blessing, and I will not uh, I will not stop exhorting and reminding everybody that uh, from him and through him and to him are all things. This has been the podcast for cultural reformation. We look forward to being with you again next week. May God bless you. Mm-hmm.